What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of The Vile Files. I am your host, Nick. And, well, boy, do we have a great episode for you today. I'm going to keep this intro real short. If you're watching it on YouTube, you'll see that I'm uh, recording from uh, New York. Uh, we and doing our intro for our Rod Thill episode. Our guest today, Rod Thill, uh, you might recognize him from TikTok. He has risen to stardom in the TikTok community talking about very relatable content like anxiety, having that in the workplace, toxic masculinity. Great guy, great conversation. Really enjoyed my time with Rod. Uh, I don't really have any uh, housekeeping notes other than if you are tuning in to listen to Rod for the first time, make sure to check out our Ask Nick episodes on Monday, our recaps for all things Bachelor uh, on Tuesday, and sending your questions for Ask Nick episodes at asknickacastmedia.com, cast with a K. And uh, I won't uh, waste any more of your time with me talking because Allie and Amanda are not with me in the studio right now to catch up on their wild dating escapades. Uh, so let's get to Rod. Rod? Yeah. Phil, how are you? <laughs> Doing great, Nick. Thanks for coming. Thanks for having me. Who are you for the people who don't know? Oh, man. I mean, I know for a lot of people on TikTok <laughs> or tuning in to listen to you, they, they love your content, you're out there, but, but who are you? Let's just start there from the beginning. For the people who aren't familiar with you, how did you become to be this entity who talks about anxiety in, in such relatable and, and humorous and comical ways? Yeah, absolutely. So I started making, well, I started working from home during quarantine, like everyone, and I was working a sales job. I've been in sales for 10 years, corporate sales. Where, where, where did you work? Uh, I worked for a company called ShipBob, their logistics, okay. so selling, selling logistics, which just was not sexy at all. Sure. Yeah. Selling space. Selling little space. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and space and trucks. And then um, I just started, TikTok came during quarantine. Of course, like every millennial, I was like, oh, let's see what this is. And I got overwhelmed and then hopped off. And then once we got deeper into quarantine, I started actually making TikToks. And then I struck a chord talking about like, one of my TikToks was, I'm afraid I'm going to get fired for doing nothing wrong. And then it went viral. And I'm like, oh my gosh, people relate to this. And so I kept making TikToks and rolling with that kind of anxiety workplace theme. And then somehow weaved in nostalgia into that. So I started using like Britney Spears songs and Christina Aguilera songs. Jesse McCartney was a big one. And then from there, I just kind of waved or paved my way through this um, nostalgia TikTok side. So I do like yeah. millennial recaps. I translate the millennial experience, I guess. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. really quite taken off. And now have you quit your job? I quit that job that I was working um, on good terms there. We, we actually left pretty well. My, my old CEO still texts me TikTok, my TikToks and he's just like, this one cracked me up. I'm like, Oh good. <laughs> and then um, now I'm doing something more creative. So I'm doing writing now. So it's still in a corporate space, but it's more creative. It, just, it was surprising. I never thought I was creative. I never was the funny one. I was never the person to like, I was the class clown, but it was just like more like, you know, making jokes about myself, but now I'm writing, you know, and using that experience. Isn't that kind of interesting though? I, I've often felt that way since, you know, I moved to LA, I was living in Chicago. I'm actually, I'm reading like some fun facts about you, quit a sales <laughs> job, doesn't like the term influencer, resides in Chicago. I no longer reside in Chicago, but like you, like all the same, yeah. like I don't like the term influencer. I've learned to embrace it, but. <laughs> yeah, you have to. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, uh, I think, you know, we're always talking about pro, like essentially we're talking about pros and cons of like kind of the new world and, and, mm -hmm. and the, like 
the overwhelming effects of social media, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And, and, and one great aspect of it is I think so many people uh, have been able to tap in to their creative side that I think society essentially told us, unless you like became an artist mm-hmm. um, and like went to school for that, yep. uh, you're not allowed to be artistic anymore. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it was something where you just go get your job, whatever it is, whatever field you want to do. Mm-hmm. And you, you shut down that creative side. And, you know, I was someone as a kid, like I've talked about this, like the, I wanted to be a cartoonist for Disney when I was a kid. I was really good at drawing and I liked to draw it. I took art classes, et cetera, et cetera. And then I, I just got away from it and I stopped. And then, you know, when I went to college, I was like, oh, business, I gotta, I gotta make money. I was money driven. Mm-hmm. And then I would do that. And I just like, I turned it off. Mm-hmm. And now, um, you know, I came out to LA I'm trying all this stuff and, and through like, Hey, I gotta, you know, I got this following and I got my platform. What do I want to do with it? Mm-hmm. I've really tapped into like, such like a creative side and it, it's what's really been cool about social media and especially TikTok. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'd love your, your thoughts on this is, is that you were finding some, we're like discovering all this talent and a lot of it is truly talent. It's not just, you know, like, Oh, influencer. Cause like I can pay influ- for a good photographer. Yeah. Influencer yeah, yeah. isn't just taking hot mm-hmm. pictures anymore. Mm-hmm. It's like, you're, you're literally, creating thoughts and ideas and and i and it sounds like people have found and even myself it's, it's you have funny relatable stuff and, and someone who talks about like nostalgia but anxiety there's comfort in the relatability of it all mm-hmm. because it's like i'm not alone yeah exactly i think the biggest thing that i've seen my mindset move away from is age too like we were told like oh well once you're graduate college that's what you're doing for the rest of your life and so i was like even with what I'm doing now, I'm still, my imposter syndrome is like, you're too old for this. You know, like you're 31, like, why are you going to keep doing this? But I'm working hard, you know, and I'm enjoying what I'm doing. And I was enjoying what I was doing before, but it's, it's something that is new. It's refreshing. So why not pursue it? You know, like age isn't a number anymore. Yeah. Do you find being on TikTok that you have to deal with imposter syndrome a lot because there's a lot of age shame Mm -hmm. on TikTok? Mm -hmm. I think any new platform is always adopted by the youngest generation of people who are like allowed to use technology. Yeah. And it, then, and then it blows up and comes more mainstream. And, mm-hmm. and a lot of people are like, you're too fucking old for this. <laughs> and then like, there's even a lot of people who, who like, you know, like tinks, you know, are you mm-hmm. familiar with yeah, tinks? Yeah. I think even in her bio, she like reversed herself as the oldest. The, yeah, yeah. The old, it's like, oh my, and she's yeah. like, what, 29 or I don't 30 or I don't yeah, know, whatever. Yeah. So silly, it's mm-hmm. silliness. And uh, do you struggle with that? Does that trigger your anxiety? It doesn't because, well, for TikTok especially, like it, the algorithm is so strong. So since I talk a lot about the corporate workplace and I talk a lot about 90s and early 2000s nostalgia, the algorithm is, puts me in this pocket where I'm only talking to people between the ages of 25 to 40. Right. But there has been times where like I do these millennial recaps and one of the big words that I helped introduce, I didn't make up, um, but I helped introduce was the word chuggy. Chuggy? Yeah. What's that? So a chuggy. Oh. Oh, <laughs> I don't know if we should uh, go I mean, into this. I, 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 no. I feel like I explained this to you. <laughs> okay. So uh, uh, Allie's no, the best mind. part about this and uh-huh. Rod will relate to this is I had to tell my mom and like my basically second mom what chuggy mm-hmm. was during a bachelorette party. Perfect. And oh, bachelorette parties are chuggy. Everything <laughs> I was describing was either something in the room or what we were wearing. I was like, <laughs> we are the worst. <laughs> like the big gold balloons. Yeah. So basically chuggy is... Um, a new word for basic. 
So like Chevron Chevron, Chevron patterns, um, like oh t-shirt and jeans. That's so chuggy. No, like if you're wearing a golf polo and not golfing, that's chuggy. You know, like the guys that wear like. Um, what else like well, sperry's like, and you don't even you never go on a boat like rose that <laughs> yeah rose all day like that kind of it's it, this is the way it was described to me and this is the narrative that i try to get away from but it's anything that exudes girl boss energy so think of like <laughs> the, have you seen that new documentary about lula Roe? no okay so like lula Roe is this multi-level marketing legging company but these girls are like girl bosses and they'll, they'll slide in there's so many jokes on tiktok is like they'll slide in the dms i don't know if you guys have gotten it but it's like hey girl how you do like <laughs> people that Girls that went to high school with other girls are like reaching out to them, trying to get them to join their team, but it's just multi-level marketing. And, but it, it, there's this certain energy that comes along with that. And so, yeah, like Chugi is just this word that a single Gen Z or put out into the universe, but then Gen Z got offended. I was using the word and I had target videos created to me, creating a generational divide. Gen Z came after you. Oh, they came after me. Yeah, this one girl was in like Were a Were you whole, terrified? I was terrified. Gen Z. Oh my God, I would be terrified. Gen Z scares me. Oh. They're so terrified. I never want to yeah. ruffle any Gen Z feathers. No, I don't want to ruffle any feathers, let alone Gen Z. I'm like, my biggest fear in life is anyone hating me. Even people that I hate hating me is really hard for me. Um, but I got through it. I got through it. And that's the thing about TikTok is like you give anything 24, 48 hours at a blowover. Wow. Yeah. yeah. It was, fun. it was a fun time. Gen Z, very <laughs> territorial about their... Well, that's the thing is I've seen... Were you like you had attacked for like co-opting Gen Z, a Gen Z word? Was that, was, was that the accusation? So here's the thing is Gen Z thinks that if like one... There are people in the Gen Z age group that do use this word and I've seen it in pop culture. I've seen it in public and... But if like if there's a group of Gen Zers that don't use that, like growing, for example, growing up, if we, we had seen kids, we had the preppy kids that shopped at Hollister Abercrombie, we had the Hot Topic kids, you know, Gen Z doesn't see themselves out, which is great. But then when it comes to things like this, it's like, no, we don't say, say that because like there's a group of Gen Zers that have not even used the word chuggy. So that means none of Gen Z uses the word chuggy because they can't see that other people might be different. I don't even know if this is going to make the cut because I'm afraid someone in Gen Z it's, will yeah, hear Yeah, like it. I was a little worried. Like, yeah. Are you, <laughs> Rod, are you sure you want this yeah, out no, there? I don't know. I was like, why did I bring this up? Yeah. I, think, I think Gen Z is like sensitive to other people mm -hmm. trying to encapsulate Gen Z mm -hmm. because I think it's very hard for people outside of Gen Z to understand Gen Z. I feel like I'm barely making the cut of Gen Z and I still sometimes you find are. it challenging. But it's like oftentimes when people try to talk about it, they're like, center parts. Blah. And Gen Z is like, that's not it. No. Did mm -hmm. you hear about that trend where so like middle parts are big thing for millennials, right? Like we parted our like girls parted their middle hair. parts. Okay. We're yeah. talking about hair. Yeah. I, I, oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Like side, been, skinny jeans. I, I was going yeah. all over the map. Middle parts. <laughs> uh, oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> no. Um, Gen Z like ruled out there. A group of Gen Zers said skinny jeans were chuggy. So then millennials got so upset. And that's what the fun of TikTok is though, especially my audience, I can get them riled up. Yeah. I, uh, I'm as a, as a skinny jean. I've, I've, I think those are straight legs. Those are, those they're are very, straight. they're yeah. very straight legs. Yeah. I've that's what I'm saying. I'm, it. what I'm saying is I've, I've been, but that's just trends. I've been, yeah, I've been a skinny leg guy for a long time. In mm -hmm. fact, you know, coming from Milwaukee, I was like ahead of, I was like, guys, why are we wearing everything so baggy? Like let's, let's be fashionable. Let's get, yeah. show those legs off. And, yeah. I, and I got some <laughs> shit for it. I got meaty thighs. I, I ran track. Yeah. I'm, I'm not, I don't have like bony mm -hmm. legs. Mm -hmm. So like, 
like my, my 32, 32 is like, I will really fill out the, this, this, the, the skinny jean yeah. and totally fine with it. Right. But lately I've gotten older and I see the trend of getting away from skinny jeans and mm-hmm. I'm fully embracing it. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm all for it. I've been on, on the market of buying some like straight leg Levi's of which again, fashion, it, it comes with, comes and yeah. goes it's i i was like i, I knew this was gonna happen i just was like <laughs> it's, it's always fashion because it's like i remember i've been teasing like i just got my friend from back home in waukesha wisconsin to wear skinny jeans like maybe a year ago because he was like boot cut mm, yeah you know for oh, the yeah. longest time yeah and i like i just can i finally got him to wear skinny jeans and now i'm like hey man sorry we're back. We're back yeah. to like boot cut again. Midwest you, vibes. Yeah. You, you missed it. <laughs> There's, um, so I think that that's one thing with social media that I've seen too is someone's like, how are these trends blowing up so quickly? And we've been as millennials like through every round of social media, right? Like MySpace to Facebook to Instagram to where we're at now. But with fashion specifically, it moves so quickly because one video goes viral and someone's like, oh, that's cute. And then everyone goes and buys it. Like Coach even leaned into that with the New York Fashion Week because they saw like they're kind of rebranding to what they see on TikTok and the trends, which is brilliant because then they're going to use social media to leverage their trend, you know, and it moves even quicker. Yeah. Yeah. Are you doing a lot? Like, I feel like a lot of uh, you seem obviously very well versed and and really educated when it comes to not only social media but how it works and adapt it and are. And I've found in my experience of working with a lot of uh, organizations, they're not very good mm. at the whole social oh, I have thing. Thoughts about this? Um, yeah. Have you thought of uh, doing some consulting work um, for for brands? I've thought about it. Um, I'm giving this like a, a year just to see like how I do. You know what happens? But there's like there's so much work that these brands have to do because they don't want to learn about TikTok. They don't understand that everything you put on TikTok has to be shareable because there's engagement that comes along with the algorithm. There was one brand that wanted me to say mac and cheese for 15 seconds straight. I'm like, in what world would that? No one's gonna share that. No one's gonna share that, yeah. Mm-hmm. And to answer your question, yes, I have thought about it. And then I, I kind of do it with every brand I talk to. If they give me a concept, I'm like, hey, that's just not, that's not gonna work, you know? Yeah. But- Masterclass, that's right. Be a master, take a class. Uh, no better time than to learn about whatever it is that you've been trying to get better at. And that might be photography, could be cooking. Maybe it's learning how to train your dog better, could be skateboarding. And you could learn it from Tony Hawk. Surely the best in the field are teaching glass classes like never before. You literally are taking classes with Martin Scorsese and things like that. It's so well done and you can access this from your phone, your tablet, computer, wherever you are. Uh, I love it. It's been so fantastic to learn more about so many different things I never even thought about. It's truly like taking like a master's class, like a math, like a college. I don't know. Like, like Martin Scorsese isn't even ta- you know teaching at colleges. Maybe he has at some point, but literally anyone can access this, and it's such a portfolio of all these different things you can learn. Makes it such a great gift uh, to a friend, to a relative, uh, literally to anyone. I mean, that's how I got masterclass. I selfishly got it for myself, and then I also got it for my brother-in-law, and he thought I was a hero. I highly recommend you check it out. Get unlimited access every, to every Masterclass. As a Vileophile listener, you get 50% off an annual membership. Go to masterclass.com slash V-I-A-L-L. That is masterclass.com slash V-I-A-L-L for 50% off Masterclass. Hey, do you like wine? I know I do. Do you like a variety of wine? Do you like sounding smart when it comes to wine? Do you like getting a variety of wines that you might not think to get at the store? Yes, yes, and yes. Well, Lathe Waits has you covered. A Lathe Waits wine subscription 
is an easy way to bring exciting new wines right to your doorstep. Unbox a wine, uh, unbox a world of wine with easy access to different and unexpected winemakers from all over the globe. For over 50 years, Lathwaite's has been delivering wine the right way from people who love making it to the people who love drinking it. With Lathwaite's, a wine subscription, you can say goodbye to boring overpriced bottles of meh and bonjour to new wines from the hottest emerging wine regions around the world. That's right. It could be the Bee's Knees, which is a zingy, thrilling South African white wine from Journey's End, a small family-run estate. It's perfect for people tired of drinking the same old, same old. Whatever it is, so many different options. Lathwaite's tastes over 40,000 wines a year, but only 600 make the cut. So you get to enjoy the cream of the crop, and the wines you receive are curated for the you based on your enjoyment. 100% satisfaction guarantee. If you don't love a wine uh, for any reason, let Lathwaite's know, and they will rec- you will receive a, a refund. How about that? Members save on every subscription case they choose to take. Now... Get six amazing bottles of wine plus two bottle, two bonus bottles and two stemless wine glasses for $49.99 plus tax with free delivery. Just text V-I-A-L-L to 64000. That's right. To get this special offer, text V-I-A-L-L to 64000. That's V-I-A-L-L to 64000. Terms apply. Available at lathwaites.com slash terms. So more like real world stuff. You On TikTok, again, mm-hmm. a lot of your brand has been talking about anxiety and in the workplace Mm -hmm. and what are some things that you have found to be the most relatable things that you maybe thought you were alone on Mm -hmm. and and you put it on TikTok and it goes viral like oh shit everyone feels this way uh that you think could be something like an hr department should actually start incorporating into their workplace yeah, I think the biggest one is hours of work. Like there's this whole side of TikTok of people who I even made one today. That's actually what I put up right before coming here. But that people feel the need to work after hours, especially working from home, because they think that's going to give them a promotion because there's this like work hard, play hard culture. And especially in sales that people will work on the weekend and then it pushes other people to work on the weekend. And then it creates this unhealthy environment. But then, of course, managers are like, well, you're working, so I'm not going to say anything. But that's that's been the biggest thing I've seen on TikTok is people just like working longer hours um, and not just and just not taking mental health as a priority. Like mental health days are considered a sick day. So if you have like, what, 14 sick, day, sick days, you're taking like five mental health days a year. Like that's eating into like if you had actually gotten sick, you know, and needed to use that day. So I think that's another thing that I've seen is employers should use mental health days as separate days. Separate. Than, yeah. Than a sick day. Interesting. Yeah. I'm just processing this, mm-hmm. but what couldn't mental health be like? I don't feel well. Mm-hmm. My mental health yeah. isn't great. Why? Like, shouldn't I, I'm just thinking out yeah, loud. No, like, shouldn't that, that be considered? Wouldn't that be normalizing the fact that our mental health and us not feeling mm-hmm. our best mentally mm-hmm. would be the same as running a fever? No, as I'm saying, so if it's different then like, for example, if I'm feeling overwhelmed on a Tuesday, right. And I'm just like, Hey, I'm working like crushed today. I'm feeling so overwhelmed. And I know that tomorrow I'm not going to give it my best at the end of the day. I say, Hey boss, like I just need to take half day tomorrow. I need to take tomorrow off, get a therapy session in, get a nice workout in, do that like once every other month, you know, and then you're not feeling the burnout that people are feeling by working set or five, sometimes six days a week, you know, like cruising through the work week and then kind of, using that to keep their their thoughts on their mental health in. So I think that would create more, even more open dialogue as well. 
in in mental health in the workplace how do you how do you think we actually change it because like i i Mm -hmm. I know what you're talking about i saw a tiktok you did about like uh the unlimited vacation Mm -hmm. you know and i it's such a crock of shit yeah Um, oh it is especially because it's like a game of chicken it's just like you have unlimited vacations yeah it's like oh but how do i you took you took a vacation already this year i'm like i took a five-day vacation in february and it's october yes like i would like another vacation i remember (laughs) like i i just kind of i was i was Working at sales, I love Salesforce, and I, and I I love loved my boss. But uh-huh. I would ask to take a vacation. He'd go, "Well, if if you think that's best, and then what are you going to say to that? Yeah, and then walk <laughs> yeah. away. What? I mean, you are you are the CEO of your own business, and so I don't want to tell yeah. you how to run your business. So yeah. exactly. Oh my gosh, trigger words. And I was like, you know what? I'll be here tomorrow. <laughs> He's like, I. I'll you know what? Be I, here tomorrow. Cancel my flight. I will be staying. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, because Chicago is such a startup culture right like there's so many startups i've worked and it's such a it's a it's a startup culture but it still has the bones of like a financial city and Mm -hmm. like that kind of good old boy Mm -hmm. very much work hard Mm -hmm. play hard you know and yeah yeah so there's like unlimited pto in every job i've worked but then you ask for it off and then i'm like why am i asking for it off if it's unlimited it's funny and it's even gotten rejected before it's like why is this what's the point of even saying unlimited pto so that's one thing that people are trying to change is when they're interviewing, you know, like asking, Hey, how unlimited is the PTO? <laughs> like, yeah. And it's weird because, uh, I don't think Salesforce has unlimited PTO, but I do know, like one thing I le- worked at, learned at Salesforce. And I think a lot of, especially sales organizations will train their people yeah. or companies is the idea of under promise over deliver yep. and unlimited holidays is the exact opposite. Yep. It's a 100% an over promise and under deliver to acquire talent. It's funny you mentioned, so there've been, there's like bank holidays, right? That a lot of other companies get off for, like the more established companies that are public, you know, and have set amount of vacation days. I've had to work, every, I've never taken off a bank holiday because it's just not a thing, you know, anymore. Whereas just like, it used to be like, oh, like, it's like Labor Day's the only one, but oh, you used to, you used to take, be able to take President's Day off, you know, and now it's just not a thing. You have to work through it. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Wild times. What else in the corporate workplace can we try to improve or you've uh, realized that you'd love to, it's one thing you found that is resonating with your audience. Yeah. It's not something we can necessarily change, but I think with this work hard, play hard mentality, the generation before us doesn't want to retire, you know, or there's this fear of retiring or whatever, especially even boomers. And so then millennials aren't getting promotions right now because right. yeah, cause they're not, there's no, there's no opportunity for them to grow. So a lot of millennials are, are kind of stuck, especially at these larger corporations, Fe- like seeing their friends at work for a startup, you know, like getting director within three days, basically. And then they're <laughs> stuck fighting for years to get that title. That, yeah, yeah, I can see how that can get very discouraging. Yeah. What do we do about that? There's nothing. I don't think we can do anything about it. Just, you know, like be more open and be like, hey, you should retire, but create better retirement benef- retirement benefits. But companies aren't going to put money into that. Not sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so have you always been an anxious person? Oh, I, I realize now. Yeah. What do you mean by that? <laughs> it's just, I think growing up, like therapy was such a buzzword. I'm not sure where you're from in Milwaukee, if like that was encouraged to go to therapy or whatever, but no, my, I mean, well, like in Milwaukee, it wasn't like something on the playground where like, <laughs> hey, your should, therapist, should you know, it was something <laughs> if you'd like watch movies and you like call like the LA people had therapists, it would be yeah. like, Oh, those LA people, LA yeah. people are sending their kids to the therapy, like yeah. the cuckoo people, yeah. um, out of touch, you know, coasters. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it was not something that was promoted. Yeah. I think especially for me too, is just like, I told my mom, like I remember and she, we're, she's obviously she loves my TikToks because she's learning about me and my mindset from when when I was young. But she 
she there's one time where i was like hey mom i'm not doing so hot like should i look into therapy and she was of course like i am such a bad mother that this would get to this point and like okay let's just make it about you for a second yeah and then like move along but those kind of moments like repress you know the the openness that i wanted to have about my mental health you know and i think even with society too especially in sure masculinity was a really big topic that i've been talking a lot about especially toxic masculinity is just like we have to keep it together. You know, it's like, why do men go to therapy? Like I even did a Q and a on my Instagram that I was like, Hey, like I'm a male who talks a lot about mental health, both to a Q and a, I'm not an expert, but then people were like rolling in at the most common question was how do I get my boyfriend to be open about his mental health? And I was like, Oh, well like tell him to go to therapy or help him see out a therapist. And then he's like, he's terrified to go yeah. to therapy. It's the, yeah, unfortunately it's not usually that. Yeah easy mm-hmm. uh, and and as much as we talk about on this show and mm-hmm. as much as more and more people are talking about it it's mm-hmm. it still has a long way to go to be normalized yeah um yeah it's it's kind of especially a couple i was actually i was i was doing a podcast with dr solomon mm-hmm. and it was her show and we were talking like literally today we we're talking about it and, and and how she tries to promote like couples who has just been dating to do mm-hmm. couples therapy, even mm-hmm. if maybe it's you've been dating a month or you've been dating six months. Mm-hmm. And I've been using this uh, car analogy when it comes to like love and relationships. And it's just like you get like, you know, love is a very powerful thing. Mm-hmm. We recognize that it's mm-hmm. powerful. Like it yeah. f- fucks us up. We do mm-hmm. some great, it's so powerful. We yeah. make movies about it. We talk about it constantly. Powerful thing. Yeah. We'd also agree that like, sports cars mm-hmm. powerful things like you know formula one nascar you mm-hmm. like you we're probably not even allowed to get in a car and drive it without like an instructor you know yep. but yet uh we are no one talks to us uh, talks to us about love or dating and nope. certainly and then the advice we get is from like you know yeah to the city or <laughs> yeah, the, you yeah. Know, oh notebook my gosh. or whatever i have so many thousands of yeah. city. i just uh, started it actually. oh my yeah. god <laughs> where, where do we go hold on like i don't know how long this episode's gonna be um and yet like yeah like we would if we got if we were given like a nascar and started driving it we like most people were like well right off the bat like how do you drive stick mm-hmm. like you know like i know i mean i know how to drive stick i'm a little older but yeah. like no one they don't even make that shit yeah. anymore you have to like custom order a car mm-hmm. if you're to drive stick mm-hmm. and it would just be like you know what maybe and you'd crash in a couple <laughs> maybe we should should we just like google like an instructor and maybe take some classes yeah. and like have someone like how to turn it on and get it and mm-hmm. all that and that would be like totally normal and yet like love this powerful thing we're all just jumping into we get in a relationship and we're just like why do i need someone to teach me how to do this you There's know shame, and yeah. we get the shame mm-hmm. and the defensiveness yeah. around that and whether so you know to that end like couple therapy or or just therapy yourself because fuck life uh-huh. you know like yeah. And, yeah. and trying to and and i guess for just maybe i have to keep coming up with these random ass analogies for for people because well, there's there's always, still a, yeah men it's still a stigma with that yeah like men aren't going to be a charlotte they're going to be a what's um the other girl miranda miranda they're going to be miranda you know like so but it's like why can't men men be a charlotte you know like be like hey like i want to pursue love and i want to find true love and then of course miranda just like hates her life all the time but <laughs> yeah interestingly enough though i feel like like toxic masculinity is something you know it's a really interesting conversation we talk mm-hmm. a lot we try to you know talk promote kind of less toxic behavior mm-hmm. but i think our society i think we're still shaming it and i think it comes 
from women as well and men mm-hmm. were mm-hmm. um i told like i don't know if this is on a podcast but i did a poll on my instagram mm-hmm. i don't know if you know this if you put a poll up first People story click on it engagement goes up yeah. a little bit <laughs> yeah. so like sometimes i start if you do it if that's your first story of the morning first too. story in the morning there you go yep. <laughs> uh helps with engagement yeah. so i'm like oh i'll try that learn that from tiktok hot tip yeah a hot tip i don't know if you know this so if, if you follow me on instagram and you're wondering why i'm asking these random ass questions <laughs> <laughs> what should I have coffee trying, today? It's trying to get those fits, you know? Like, <laughs> and so I took this picture uh, of Natalie cuddling with my dog, Jeff. Mm-hmm. So naturally, what do I ask? Let's ask a poll about cuddling. So I mm-hmm. asked my audience, do you like to cuddle? Yes. I didn't give any thought. And <clears throat> this uh, other influencer like, like literally posted in their story because a bunch of people sent it to me. Uh, like shaming me as a guy for a male influencer. No, a female, female influencer, a woman influencer was like, why would a guy ask his female audience about cuddling that? And she was like simultaneously like criticizing me about this other stuff. But, and I was just like, I'm fine. I'm good. Like, I don't care. I still like to cuddle. You're not gonna feel bad about myself, but like (laughs) that type of energy Mm -hmm. when you're putting it out into the world and like you're, you want, and we're asking more of our us, us men are asking more of ourselves, women are asking more, and that's great, we should be holding ourselves accountable, but like it's stuff like that, and the ewes, and like, it, like, are like, fuck, we're just, I thought I'm supposed to talk freely about I, my enjoyment to cuddle, and like, is it okay if mm-hmm. I'm the little spoon mm-hmm. now and then, yeah. you know, and I think we're still not there yet, as men, men and women are still shaming, you know, what, you know, because we still like, we want to break down those, it feels like, and I would love your thoughts. Like we're trying to like break down the stigma of like what it means to be masculine. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet we're still, but we still have an expectation of, of what is attractive. Yeah. And, and I think those lines aren't very clear. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that like you always hear the jokes. It's like, Oh, girls want a guy with a good personality until, you know, he doesn't have a six pack, you know, or something like that. So it's like, is that how true is that stigma, you know? But I think as far as masculinity goes, there are, I have seen, there's been people out there who want to appreciate a man for just being a man in the sense of being in tune with his own emotions, you know? Cause I think there's something even more to say about a man who yeah. can hold in his anger, you know, and who can effectively communicate through what therapy. Right. And then hopefully these this generation can set the the tone for the next, you know? So I don't think it's anything that's going to change overnight, but I do think that this, like it's, it's, I'm seeing a lot of difference in uh, through social media sure. of, of even me specifically of a man being able to be more open about my anxiety. I'm like wondering how all these people follow me. And then I'm looking back, I'm like, I cannot remember a guy who's talked about his anxiety besides like Justin Baldoni, who's like a major public figure, yeah. you know? So I don't think there's anyone who's just been like a coworker or on the ground level who has, who has done this. I guess I've, I've been out of the corporate world for six or seven years. Yeah. And I, and I guess when I was working there, mm-hmm. I wasn't talking about that. No. I've, I've I freely talk about it on my show. I put it out there yeah. now, but I guess I, I, now that I'm thinking about it, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm not that far removed from not, mm-hmm. you know, um, and they, they're, they're encouraging. It depends on the company. Like my last company was really good about like mental health days, you know, and all this stuff. Um, or they would do like a mental health seminar, but it was just like having a therapist come and sit in a zoom call to answer questions, you know, but I do think that there could be better education on it, you know, and like, Hey, here's actual resources, you know, or if like doing wellness retreats and, or 
encourage like a fitness stipend. I know is a really big thing that some companies are doing right now that employees are seeing a lot of mental health benefit in, you know, cause working out releases endorphins and I get it. It's not for everyone, but it's a big thing that even helps my own mental health. Other than just, um, being more open about their feelings, what are some things that you would like men to, uh, hold themselves accountable more when it comes to, uh, showing less toxic toxicity with their masculinity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think understanding that not every man is cookie cutter, you know, especially in sales. Like I'm sure you've seen it where it's just like, you have to be like, go hard all the time, you know, and just like pick up the phone and cold call. And I was never that guy. I was more relational. I was just like, Hey, like, you know what? I'm not going to upsell you here because like that's going to put you out of business, you know? So like, let's just try to get on, get on each other's lane and, and try to be more productive. And then I think through that, you know, I, I kind of learned more about myself and like what I, my abilities were, but I do think a lot of men have this idea that other men should be like them. I feel like there's a lot of alphas in the corporate world specifically where it's like there's a, the head of the office, the CEO or whatever, even like the director, they, they hire a director based on idolization. So they want the rest of employees to be like this one director. And if it's someone who is Wolf of Wall Street, you're going to get a bunch of employees who want to be either be that or feel affected that they're never going to be that. And I was one who would never be that guy. Um, so I, I guess that's what, if that makes sense, like just understanding that like we're all different, you know, I think it's specifically in toxic masculinity world. Not every guy likes sports. I don't watch sports. Um, I watch the Cubs. That's about it. You know, and I think that's another big one. That's like, I have found myself pretending or researching sports players before going and hanging out with friends. Cause I'm like, this is the only way I could hang out with them. Yeah. In addition yeah. to that, not only like, or you can like sports, but mm -hmm. also like, like the bachelor or watch sex yeah. in the city oh, or, yeah. or why or or like, um, uh, Broadway, Broadway shows. I got and a lot of hate for doing my bachelor recaps or talking about the bachelor from guys. Cause they were like, why do you do like when I was working in the corporate world, like, well, you're probably watching the bachelor tonight. And like, I am watching bachelor tonight. It's a good time. Really? To you'd be it. shamed for it. Oh yeah. Yeah. All I mean, time. I, I'm, I'm yeah. aware. I mean, I'm, you were on the show. Yeah. <laughs> I get it too, but <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. Being on it, not as much, but mm -hmm. you know, if someone wants to like, you know, if there's a troll who mm -hmm. wants to try to, you know, there'll, there'll be a lot of like, what do you know? You're just, talk about a reality TV show. Are you like, why are you doing this? And yeah. I don't know. It's like, one uh, of my best friends who is pretty masculine guy for putting masculine in the sense of what society views as masculine binge watched all the housewives during quarantine. And now he's addicted to the real housewives content. Yeah. It's hysterical. Yeah. yeah that, that's a good point. I think, yeah, I didn't think about it in that way. I guess our interests, mm -hmm. uh, we are often, are like you said supposed to like certain things i've never seen a fast and the furious movie you know i've only seen the first <laughs> okay wow and then i was like i'm good they're nine now right well, to that end i've never yeah. no one's ever i've always like when i i grew up at a time in, in wisconsin milwaukee where uh the the phrase metrosexual existed oh yeah because mm -hmm. and i and i was that and I and it was I was insecure about that and wearing sensitive about jeans, it. Yep, wearing skinny yep. jeans and like buying stripes, especially in that area. Yeah, yeah. because it was like I felt like Popping I felt like people needed a, a like a label for me yeah. to explain why I did and wore what I did or acted mm -hmm. the way I did that wasn't gay. Mm -hmm. You know, because you know we were so ignorant. Yeah. back then that if you had a sense of fashion, if you say we're interested in like the housewives mm -hmm. and, and liked to dance, well, yep. you just must be 
Yeah. I, yeah. And then it's like, okay, we're not going to be so ignorant that we're going to say you're gay, but you're not one of us. Yeah. You are metrosexual. <laughs> <laughs> well, can I ask you this? Can you build out 2000 or your junior year of high school? What, what were you wearing to school? What was your outfit? Junior year of high school? I mean, yeah, it was like American Eagle. Yeah. A lot, of, you know, I, my parents couldn't afford Abercrombie, Same. but like American Eagle, like was, it was a nice middle. It was like a nice yeah. middle. And my mom would shop at the sales rack yeah. and, yeah. uh, two t-shirts. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. hemp necklace. Yes. Um, <laughs> hemp necklace is and, erasure, uh, yeah. some sort of boot. Okay. You know, boot. <laughs> Not leather flip flops. No, I. But my senior year, uh-huh. I, I thought I was cool enough to not care and only wore sweatpants. Oh, okay. Because you're senior, and that was it? more of a like a. Mm-hmm. I can get away with this, yeah. you know. Like <laughs> I don't have. It's a, yeah. it was a very LA thing, you know. Mm-hmm. LA people are like, I don't have to try, and yeah. this is fashion. Like we, that was like it was kind of like that. They should have known by then yeah. where you would be. Yeah. Here, what were you wearing? Oh, so I was really overweight. I'm not sure if I told like I was um couldn't fit even into Abercrombie if I tried. Um and American Eagle had double X, so I was able to wear their stuff, squeeze into it. So yeah, same thing. Just tried to, you know, American Eagle rugby polos, never didn't even know what rugby was. Um a big thing for me was the chain necklaces that you like clamped together, like the the ball chains. Um and or I would I loved old navy flip flops, so I wear those all the time. Flip flops. Do you still wear flip flops? No, I can. Like, I have a pair of Birkenstocks. That's the closest thing that I only wear to the beach. That's the only, the the closest thing I have to flip flops. I'm not a flip flop. Do you have Crocs? I do have Crocs. Mm. I don't know about Crocs, but they're always in sports mode. Flip flops, but I think they're in the genre. They're in the genre. Not if you have the strap in the back, just like a shoe. Uh, Yes. Mm. I'm sorry. Sports mode. Come on. No, I, I, no, I'm, I'm, I'm with Rod here. I. Did one I, time I, run genre in not isn't like they are a flip flop, but in terms of like we're talking waterproof, we're talking air, highly aerated shoes. Okay, now but on a slipper, yeah, I like a slip on. Natalie got me uh, like those like um, slippers, like a shoe, right? And <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Day, what? Well, like the in the sense you don't that slip you, them on. You, have you to don't like, slip them on. You, you have to, you like, have to like the they have on. a lip in the back, so to speak. And oh, from good, yeah. day one, I just stepped on the mm-hmm. back. <laughs> matted it down made and it. put it into a slipper and and that's like i was and i was like no yeah. like this this getting up in the morning and putting on a slipper is supposed to be easy oh and i God. will not have it it was like it was too i would have to be like uh, you know and i'm like i'm not bringing out a shoehorn to put a slipper on no. <laughs> that defeats the purpose of a slipper um so and and yeah. she's like well why don't we just get your slipper it's like well, no it was a gift i'll wear them and i i like them and they don't bother me and yeah. uh when i when i out wear when i wear these out mm-hmm. um i'll maybe get a slip on but i'm i'm sand like slip slipper like sandals without or in public mm-hmm. i mean i guess this may, is this is this a toxic manually masculine thing to say to say i don't think men should wear flip-flops i, think I don't think anyone should wear flip-flops yeah, they're grimy what am, I supposed, what am i supposed to wear to the pool okay that's not you're at the pool that's oh. different oh, that's like okay. a functional okay. thing not the pool. guy the guy in the airport and the airplane next to me today was wearing flip-flops yeah. so he just slipped them right off Ew. Right off. Yeah, no socks or anything. Yeah, not appropriate. <laughs> no, thank Ew. you. Yeah, no, thank you. Is there, you said, uh, like, it, you senior year, you felt like LA. What, what is the biggest difference between the Midwest and LA now that you've been here for a while? The biggest difference? Or, like, what's, it, I don't know, what's it, like, I'm just transitioning. I visited LA for the first time this year, February. I'd never been. This is like a whole new world for me. Oh, I my first time I was in LA was like casting for The Bachelor. So yeah, yeah. I was 33 the first time. Yeah, yeah. I, I went, um, 
the biggest I mean the well the idea like in LA, you know, like it's it's an enter- it's 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 Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, Even yeah. like parts of LA that aren't um and so you're just familiar with TV and things like in the Midwest if 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 your neighbor is witness three in the five o'clock news, that's a big <laughs> deal, you know? Yeah, so yeah. there's a level of, of that. One a critique of Midwest is great, nice people, but a critique of the Midwest is that people stop. It seems like when people settle into whatever it is, they've, you know, the definition of settling down has the mm-hmm. word settle in it. Mm-hmm. There is that. Yeah, yeah. And, and <laughs> I find, I find that, um, there are a lot of people who, you know, stopped taking care of themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I, I think it's getting better. I think as a society, we have learned the benefit of eating right. I mean, people are also eating kale mm-hmm. in, in, in Wisconsin now. Oh, good. Um, <laughs> the kale movement has made yeah. its way. Um, but yeah, I yeah. think uh, there's a, a little bit more. It's a little, you know, you know, like, yeah, it's like, you know, the being a vegan in LA, mm-hmm. it's like, it's, that's you just assume most people yeah. are yeah <laughs> and 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 there's vegan people in Milwaukee now and there's been plenty wow. but like it's it's like diet 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 and how we eat yeah. is different mm-hmm. I think there's no uh, shame around it obviously politics there's a oh, yeah. a, a difference there but I also mm-hmm. think like you know LA is a transplant city and so there's a lot of people from the Midwest mm-hmm. here. And, and LA is not like a city as much as it is like a sprawl or yeah. a suburb. And, mm-hmm. and there's still a lot of great people and down to earth people in LA. Mm-hmm. You just have to look for it. And yeah. and if you go to the wrong, if, if you're in the hustle and the mm-hmm. bustle and you care very much about being seen and attention, yeah. you can attract a really like, that's, a, that's one thing mm-hmm. that doesn't exist in, in the Midwest, like the hustler. Yeah. The hustler that exists like in LA and New York, like there's a lot of like con artists mm. and, and they're not like the con artists you would see like in a movie where they're like pros and confidence men. They're just like people hustling, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but they're just, they, yeah. they teeter on the like kind of shitty mm-hmm. of like using and like lying just to make a buck. It's like, how can you get me? You know, like people make money in very conventional ways mm-hmm. in the Midwest. Mm-hmm. Like they have jobs and nine to five and, and in LA it, people are just like, you can make money anyway. Oh. And you just have to kind of figure it out. And, and that sometimes turns into some people, you have to be more cautious. Yeah. Uh, I've and, noticed and a little that. more cynical and a little bit more less trusting. You know, you can, you can be more trusting of people in, in less people will upsell you every in, in the Midwest and in LA. That's, that's a rare thing to have someone not take advantage of an opportunity, even if it's not to your best interest, uh, like the person they're working with. There's yeah. Like that I sure. was like being a creator, you know, and being just older, I was like, Oh cool. Like just, I'm making friends. Like, you know, like that's been the best part of this. And there was one person that we connected and I gave them this idea of a collaboration that I wanted to do. And it was a very specific collaboration. And then literally two weeks later, they were like, yes, let's do it. I started, we started like working on it. Two weeks later, they just took over and made the whole thing themselves and it went viral. And they just like played both characters. And I was like, <laughs> and they live here. And I'm like, okay, well maybe that's just, people are just so hungry for, to, to get to the next spot. Yeah. What is your impression on like kind of accountability and almost like a social media ethics board? Like what tools do people have, like creatives like yourselves 
have when it comes to like seeking fair treatment in that landscape and space like no. copyright kind of thing or just like, like in terms of like like can you like would you in that situation like would you call the person out and just be like hey like i have the receipts like how do how do you feel like people navigate in a situation where everybody's their own content creator like yeah. the lack of oversight or like more institutional structure some people would i think for this specifically though it's kind of too late you know it's like at the end of the day they had gone viral i was the bigger creator so if I said something, it would just be tacky. So at the end of the day, it's just, it is what yeah. it is. And you can't, you can't go back from it, you know? So I, there is no accountability. One thing I do wish that these platforms did was give more resources for mental health. I'm actually working with Jed Foundation right now and doing something with them, but there's just like none. It's the opposite. There's none, especially like if you look at these Gen Z kids that have like never had to work, which is like good for them for like jumping right into this. But working for an algorithm, that is, it's so stressful for me. And I oh, yeah. I know that I can go back to my sales job if things don't work out. But it's just, it's terrifying that your whole career is based on this. And there's just like, I saw this one guy get bullied off the app and he was a major TikToker and there's just no resources for it. There's like nowhere for him. Yeah. And, it, him and, and, and forget about like influencers or, or major um, TikTok, it's all relative. Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't matter if you have a million followers yeah. or, or or 150. Yeah, you know, or three. Like, you don't, you're not associating yourself with 150 people every day. Mm -hmm. no. So you're giving your act, you're giving your access, you're you're giving your access to a, mm -hmm. a bunch of people you don't really engage mm -hmm. with, but now you do, and you're sharing yourself. Yeah, and we are just not equipped to handle um, feedback. Yep, you know, we're not equipped to. And we, yeah, we're very reactive. We're, mm -hmm. and, and it's, it's, it's much easier to text, to tweet something, put it in text and yell uh -huh. our immediate reaction. Because back in the day, if we felt something, we would just like yell it in our yeah. room and, or like we would call our friends and be like, all right, you'd calm down yeah. the next day. I write a note. But now you, you yeah. are responding yeah. in a comment or whatever. And someone's reading it mm -hmm. feeling, I mean, it will it tr truly I mean, yeah. I mean, I've had some emergency therapy sessions with Darlene and I'm like, feel like I'm really good at not reading stuff, but sometimes it finds you. Like people will stop sending me stuff, your friends or yep. like people like, and I, I, I try not to like read my DMs, but sometimes I do because I'm engaging with my audience mm -hmm. and I want to, you know, repurpose or share, you know, things that they're, you know, especially if they're like, you know, hey, if you, uh, share uh, the vowel files on your social. I tend to try to share that on my stories. I can't get to everyone because yeah. thankfully a lot of people support the show. Yep. But so I'll read it. And then all of a sudden yep. I'm looking for those and then someone's just like, fuck you. Or did you see this? You know, yeah. like the, 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 the story I told you about the cuddling. Yeah. I didn't want to see that. No. I hate acknowledging that it ruined it, my day. It ruins your day. Yeah, and <laughs> it ruins your day. It's happened to me. I'm like, why did you send me this? Like, they, like I got the amount of times I was getting tagged in that Gen Z girl who was like roasting me. I'm like, weeks i'm like i i could not go on my mentions because you know tiktok you can like click to see who because you, you used a word that don't what is the word again chuggy yeah but there's there's another one that there's been people who have been kind of like ripping off my content which is fine whatever but then people will tag me in that and i'm like why are you tagging like cool like what am i going to do with this you know it's just like i don't know uh people think they're helping were you always talking about anxiety in life before you were talking about it on social media no no i wasn't my friends like it was yeah, different. Yeah. Like I would just be like, Hey, like, you know, I'm feeling a little emotional today. And they'd be like, all right, don't think about it. Cool. You know? And then I was, I've been going to therapy for a couple of years now, but that was something me and my therapist could always talk about, but that wasn't real life. You know, it's like therapy is yeah. it's literally stays in that room. 
That's kind of interesting, yeah. though, right? Because yeah. it was yeah. the it was the validation we received on social media to say, "Oh, yeah. this is okay." Yeah, people were like, yeah. "Okay," but like, yeah, it was. So now, are you talking about it more in life that that TikTok and social media has almost empowered you to do that? Because that's what I find mm -hmm. that I'm like, I found that I. That's again another benefit of social media is yeah. the acknowledgement of me leaning into my insecurities has made me feel, you know what, this is okay. Mm -hmm. And now when I'm in the circles, I will continue that path of like talking about my anxiety or my mm -hmm. mental health or my insecurities or whatever. And I, what's that like for you? Yeah, I think for me too, it's like, uh, so 89% of my following is women and I talk about men's mental health, but even just like the, there's women who would DM me and be like, Hey, I showed my husband your videos. He said he related, you know, we're on the path to like therapy, which I'm like, that's great. You know? So I think that's, that's one thing that I've seen with this is at the end of the day, if I'm making, if I'm working hard to make videos for 10 people or working hard to make videos for millions of people, like, I think it's worth it, you know, just because I'm being, a, I might be putting all my stuff on blast, but at the end of the day, it's helping someone else. And I am partnering with mental health charities and doing a big, push in November for Jed foundation. We're doing a November push, which is exciting, but it's just, it's, it's, I, again, if I'm able to be open and put myself on blast and make a fool out of myself talking about my anxiety, who am I not helping? Were you, know? you talking on dates? Would you talk about therapy? Um, or when did you like, cause I, I don't, well, I started seeing a therapist after I was already talking to Natalie. Yeah. So I was like, hey, I'm seeing, I'm, you know, I was pretty open about that. But yeah. I definitely know that if I started being a therapist years ago, mm -hmm. I would not be bringing that up. Yeah. No, I had been in a relationship throughout therapy. So that it was, it was good to have. And it helped us a lot, you know, um, to be able, but it was just me. Um, and I was going through a lot. There's a lot that I had discovered later on in life, you know, that I was trying to, to work through. So like my anxiety, you know, like something that I just never put a pinpoint on calling it anxiety because it was back then it seemed like a diagnosis, but it's just, yeah. you know, mental state. I have found that to be helpful for mm -hmm. me. Like, you know, now they will be like, what's wrong? And I'm like, oh, it's just my anxiety is going off today. Mm -hmm. And the ability to just say that yeah. is like helpful because mm -hmm. before it'd be like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or just like nothing, you know, and like you run into the room. Um, but then she was like, no, like open up to me about it. But then I would open up and then they weren't prepared. So I was just like, you know, it's, it's hard. It's hard. Yeah. Do you know who corporate Natalie is? You probably know who corporate Natalie is the influencer. She did a video that went viral and it was posted on puberty. It was posted on like all these major meme ch channels of her friend lives across the street from her. And she was reenacting the Taylor Swift music video of you belong with me, like holding up the signs is like, hey, are you okay? And then the girl literally just said, no. She said, do you want to talk about it? And the girl said, it, just, it was funny. But someone, there's a Reddit thread where people found her address from that. It was so creepy, you know? And she's and she's an influence, like she has like 200,000 on each platform. So it's enough people, but it was just very creepy that people got together and like, let's find out where she lives for Does nothing. Does that make you nervous? Yeah. A little bit, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's why like a lot of those things. Like, I've, keep, I've yeah. had some unfortunate. Yeah. Um, I bet for weird. you. Oh my God. Yeah. You were on national television. So yeah, I can't was, and um, national television as an icon, like a relationship icon. I don't want to say sex icon, but like there's a lot of men on that show who are like, you know, there's the shirtless scenes for a reason. You know, it's like, I can't even imagine the, the fangirls you had. Yeah. It's a, it's, I've had some more unsafe moments. Yeah. Um, they were kind of scary, but you live. I've gone in public with the bachelor guys and 
Yeah, you were you're like friends with uh, yeah. Andrew in uh, in Chicago. Yeah. Well, you met Justin. Who I've, else? Um, Andrew, Justin's the homie. Um, Michael A. I just met Joe for the first time. I have not seen anything with Joe, but he's but I know he's like a Chicago Chicago yeah. guy, and every, he's like a Bachelor favorite. I know. Um, Katie and I are friends now through the show. Jasenia is a homie. We actually met up for coffee when I was in New York, and then just a couple of the random people follow me, like Abigail. Jasenia live me. in New York. She was in New York for the summer for a little bit. She lives in San Antonio, I think. Texas. Gotcha. Yeah. Who's who's your favorite? Who's my favorite? Who do you like uh, the most? Justin um, and I have hung out the most, so I'm going to say Justin. Okay. Or Michael A. Because it's Michael A. Who, who we, isn't? We who love doesn't Michael love Michael A. A. Yeah. We love Michael A. <laughs> so, yeah. so you've, yeah. you've interacted. How did you get to know all these people? I started. So Katie's season, I... People, I mean, I've known about Bachelor. My mom watched it. My mom says hi, by the way. She loves you. Yeah, big, big fan. Um, But she, I I would like pop in and out of her watching it. And then I watched one season way back in college. My roommate and I just like accidentally watched it. And then we each picked one girl from the first episode. And whichever girl went out first, we were going to stop watching. But it was Juan Pablo season. And I picked Andy and he picked Nikki, who were like the finalists. So we watched the whole thing. And then after that, like, I just didn't have the time. And then... For Matt's season, there was this girl, Victoria, everyone was talking about. And then um, I was like, okay, well, let's watch it. And we were watching it. And then she was going crazy. Victoria is like, but that's when she said she's the queen. Like everyone needs to call her queen or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm sorry if she's been on the show. Um, She hasn't. But I started recapping on my Instagram stories and then just turned into a weekly thing. And then through that, the, They're all the cast just it, yeah. started following me. Yeah. Because and they, they want to get on your good side. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you have the power. Yeah, exactly. But it's crazy. It's crazy. The tea that people, my followers have like, Oh, I dated this person. They're, you know, this, Oh, I got, people were reaching out to you. I get a lot of tea. Uh. Yeah. Which we can talk offline about that. But yeah, I don't, I don't get as much. Maybe I just don't look for it or listen to it. Yeah. Uh, you know, because I, yeah, because a lot of it is I'm, I'm I am overall protective of cast because sometimes it's like it's a lot of tea, then it's always yeah. there's a lot of people who it's like their access to the if they know someone clout so, yeah, yeah there's yep. a, a little a little bit but of then that. a lot of the shows clout now isn't it because not with social media it's all clout man yeah it wasn't I mean how like you obviously gained a lot of inf- followers after you did it but i just, i felt like back then though it wasn't like not even that yeah it it, that far it, back, i my my generation of bachelor cast yeah. people it's weird because like there's yeah. it's a different generation yeah, now yeah. uh but like the ashley i the jared's bad uh-huh. me you know jojo and, and, and caitlin uh-huh. like we got into that show when social media existed mm-hmm. but in like kim kardashian was like the only influencer yeah. in the world yep. kind of thing mm-hmm. and and so we it was like cool to be like, Oh, I got follow. I didn't do it. Like first season, I had 50,000 followers. I didn't do anything yeah. other than like post awkward selfies. And like, you know, and, and when I first got the following, I was like, I can post a picture of a bandaid and get 300 likes. Mm-hmm. And I, I literally post a picture of chapstick because before <laughs> I went on the show, I never reached double digits on Instagram. Yeah. It's like when you reach double digits, like, Oh my, I was yeah. like, oh my God, like it's, a, you know, and I just thought it was cool yeah. that I could post a picture of chapstick yeah. and 300 people would be like, awesome, you know? Well, now I feel like it's a dangerous it's, game though, where yeah. now it's like, if you post a picture of chapstick now, if it didn't get to a certain, 
you know, likes. Delete it or something. Yeah, yeah, you delete it. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I'm running to have a TikTok. Oh, yeah. I think we've done that. But yeah, it's, and we've, you know, we recapped the show. We've talked a lot about this, and it's, it just is what it is. It just like, it's not. You you can't be a human being and go mm-hmm. on that show and not be aware of what is at least perceived the the, yeah. the perceived opportunity whether it's actually the actual opportunity and what you do with it and yeah. like you know before it was just the opportunity to travel the experience to mm-hmm. go on TV and, yeah. and and but you kind of were kind of, at least I was realistic about like uh, like this is gonna end and I'm gonna go back <laughs> to work and and I I you know it just it changed but um, but if you looked though. Audience, no matter how much, like, well, they're doing it for the followers, but that has literally been my entire for you page was talking about Brendan and Piper's followers. So it's get like the audience is talking about it, right? Mm, so they're yeah. they're still getting the clout that they want. It's just you know, it's 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 interesting. Uh, yeah, who? That's just just briefly five minutes. Sex in the city. Yeah, who do you like the most? Who's your least favorite? Who's my least favorite? Oh, Carrie. Right? Well, I, Carrie's the worst. Well, we talked. I mean, I yeah. told you plenty of story, but I've agreed with it from day one. Um. Carrie and Big are yeah. so toxic. Yeah. Obviously, he's he's the representation of toxic masculinity. Yes. You know, kiddo. Yeah, but, you yeah, know, that. yeah, yeah. Um, love Aiden. Aiden's great. Yes. Yeah. Um, my favorite of the four. I just think Charlotte. Charlotte makes me laugh just because she's so like you know. But Charlotte. Yeah. Charlotte has the most growth. Charlotte has the most growth. Samantha, just her one-liners will always slay. Yeah. She's, so Samantha's probably my but favorite. But early Charlotte, I don't like at all. She's different. She. They uh, gave her a lot of, like you said, a lot of. Well, because not only is she different, but uh, what I don't like, I don't like what she represents, and she represents the the person who is so in love with the fantasy, has watched mm-hmm. all the rom coms, mm-hmm. and cares more about their story mm-hmm. than actual love. Mm-hmm. Right? They care about the perception of love, yeah. what love looks like. Yeah. Uh, that all matters so much more than the substance yeah and that's a real thing that's a real thing that there are a lot there are millions of people in this world who who live there who go about their love life in in a manner in which early charlotte did and so i i really yeah i really i i, I hated charlotte early on oh, she's yeah. really post-divorce she there, there's like there's a clear mm-hmm. evolution mm-hmm. and in growth from her her tragedy of even of, in the movie with um i haven't gotten there yet Oh, okay. Well, the, the scene you love with her, where she really sticks up for Carrie. But the, um, I think the the biggest thing. So I'm writing this. I'm I'm writing now. So I'm actually like writing my own TV shows, which is kind of cool. So I'm pitching and whatever. Really? But the reason I'm watching Sex and the City is I'm taking these shows like Friends, Sex and the City, you know, Gossip Girl, where it portrays New York in a certain way, and then it's this guy, this 31 year old man, watches the shows, and it's kind of like we said, talk, breaking down the tox, to, toxic masculinity stigma. But he goes to New York on a whim, gets like of his job, goes to New York, tries to find love and tries to experience all these things. He moves into a one bedroom apartment like Carrie, but it's literally the size of this studio. And that's kind of the whole premise of the show. It's just him like encountering, trying to encounter what he saw on TV versus what real New York is, which is not at all like those shows. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. The more we get enlightened, the more we realize just how all these movies and TV shows yeah. Well, and, and because the part is that for them to be entertaining, there needed to be the drama. There needed to be yep. the over, you know, and to get there, the we fantasy, had, the fantasy. Yep, yep, we yep. had to. We were taught that 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 was normal. Yeah. That the problem was normal. Mm. The drama was normal. That we had to fight for the toxicity and and it's. Uh, so who's your favorite? We know your Miranda. Favorite. Miranda. Not okay. even close. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
she, she's most, she's corporate. She's you know not she's even a, corporate. She she's pragmatic and mm-hmm. and she's the only one who sticks up to Carrie. Oh my gosh, yeah. And and Samantha and Charlotte don't back her up. I'm also wondering like There's why is dynamic Carrie there. And, and then also like I sympathize with Miranda because the writers hate her. Mm-hmm. She she's the one who had to get chlamydia. She's the one who like has the farting problem. When, you know, had to move pregnant. to Brooklyn. She like you know like <laughs> they're just shit on her constantly. Yep. You know, and and like why could not <laughs> you know so like true. it's just bullshit. <laughs> Samantha doesn't he like doesn't get you know and like Samantha's literally someone else each episode someone different. And yeah, that's Miranda's whole thing. She doesn't even so. <laughs> why do they shit on Miranda so much? That's the so most funny. like the hard work. She's the, she's the boss. She has the job. She's working. She's working hard. She's dating and she's trying. Like she's doing all the things with her girls. Her. And they're, they're so, so mean to her. And then like, <coughs> she's the only, yeah. And she's the only one who like, not only she's the only one who stick in, in Charlotte, she sticks up, stands up to Charlotte oh, yeah. because yeah. like she calls out, you know, Charlotte's <laughs> fantasy yeah. where Carrie never does that. Carrie's like that. That's why Carrie gets to be the best friend because she, always, she gets to be the agreeable mm-hmm. friend that doesn't ruffle anyone's feathers. Yeah. But, but, but the same friend who will let her friend go down the path and, and get hurt because, mm-hmm. well, she doesn't want to upset her friend because she wants her friend to like her. Miranda is constantly falling on the sword for her friends and yes. sticking up for her friends and, oh, and getting God. shit on for it and getting in fights. And it's a... Uh, You're going to hate the movie then. What happens with Miranda? Okay. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll probably love Miranda more. You'll love... Yeah, you will. It's just the writers... Really the, shit on Yeah, the writers shit on Why do they shit on Miranda? Oh, uh, you need to watch a movie. Text me after you watch a movie. Okay. Rod? Yeah. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, it was a great time. Before we let you go, okay. uh, we like to play a game called Do You Know Me? Okay. It's real simple. Perfect. You can't, don't, nothing to get anxiety about. Okay. <laughs> I will still get anxiety about it. <laughs> don't get anxiety about it. I have to yeah. tell you something. Yeah, yeah. Don't get mad. Okay. It's not a big deal. Okay. <laughs> you hate that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like, this. it's going to be a big deal. <laughs> it's going to be a big deal. Uh, everyone thinks this about you. That's, yeah. that's triggering. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't gotten that yet. No one's ever said this to you? No. In your life? Um, I don't. Yeah, maybe I have found that. that it is something like ex girlfriends of mine have weaponized the phrase. Well, it's not just me. Everyone thinks this. <laughs> it's not even like a romantic thing. Like girls in high school, the worst. Yeah. They'd be like, well, you have no, you've never had someone say that to you? Feels no. This way about yeah. you. We never wanted to actually be friends with you. That's what yeah. I got told once. And, I will, and, like, and yeah. then you ask, who is they? Well, everyone. Who's yeah. everyone? No, you don't and have two people. But <laughs> even though I know they're just saying it to get under my skin, it's I'm me and just, my mom. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, I digress. Uh, it's real simple. Great. I'm going to ask you a question. Has Rod ever this? Has Rod ever done mm-hmm. that? Simple yes or no questions. Mm-hmm. Anecdotal stories are welcome. We're trying mm-hmm. to learn more about you. Great. Um, here we go. Okay. Has Rod mm-hmm. ever gone hunting? I want to guess first. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say, mm, I know you don't hunt anymore. I know no. that much. <laughs> I've never hunted. Um, and he lives in Wisconsin? Yeah, I, That's shocking. I, 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 I have my father to not blame because I, I appreciate that. He is a very, I a lot of the non-traditional things that I don't fe- felt compelled to have to do, like hunting and fishing. Mm-hmm. I'm not into cars. I don't give a shit about mm-hmm. any of that stuff. Like, mm-hmm. I like fashion and dance. I don't want to assume, yeah. um, and I don't like to hunt. Um, my guess is you have, being from the Midwest, but you don't. 
I have not, but I used to live in Minnesota where it's like huge hunting land. And my two roommates did. Where? They would hunt. I live. What was I? We're in Minnesota. I lived in Minneapolis. So it was like, yeah. I'm from White Bear. Oh my gosh. Perfect. Yes. We can talk about that. But um, my two roommates were hunters. They would leave hunting season, come back with venison, and they would make venison jerky in our apartment. It was terrible. Terrible. Ugh. I know. So I've, I will not hunt after that specifically. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That'll turn, turn you off to it. Has Rod bought or received flowers this month you can just answer oh yes i have you received or yet uh, i received you received flowers? yeah yeah my agents were um sent me flowers i lost my grandma this month my agents oh, I'm for, sorry. Uh, yeah my agents um were super kind to send me flowers love them does rod own a pair of cowboy boots no 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 not at all was rod part of the student council in high school I was the student president. body president. president. Yes. <laughs> but tracks. guess who voted me in was the teachers. The teachers felt uh, so bad for me. <laughs> they voted me in. Very good. Very good. What was your, what policy did you, was it, was that you really brought to the school? We got one of those Edie's ice cream makers. You know, the, like the ones that is in um, yeah. Princess Diaries. They have that. Like a soft serve? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. And then um, our prom theme was here's to the night. Can Rod name all the oceans? Mm-hmm. Pacific, Atlantic, Indian, Antarctic. Um, You're missing just like an, the, the easiest one. You just Atlantic. Saying, yeah. Okay. yeah. Jeez. <laughs> I was a history major, so it was geography. Yeah. Does Rod sleep naked? No. No. And my anxiety can be house started on fire. We gonna they gonna run out? I, if I hear about a guy sleeping naked, I, I think it's, it's I just have questions. Oh. I just think it's like a really impractical thing for a guy to do. Apparently, yeah. it's it actually is very therapeutic for your body to do. Interesting. I've read studies on it. It because, is, but I'm also the type of person. Maybe this is an anxiety thing. Maybe it's not. If I ever sleep naked, I have dreams that yes. I'm naked yes. constantly. Same, same. So I'm like, well, I want to sleep tonight, so I can't. Yeah. Yeah, but like there was one in high school. Like mm-hmm. I was running around high school trying to look for somewhere to hide and I couldn't. And it was just like I couldn't run into a classroom. It was terrifying. So no, I don't. Has Rod ever eaten SpaghettiOs as an adult? Yes. Do really? I? Yeah, I love the meatball SpaghettiOs. Oh. It's very nostalgic. Very nostalgic. Do you heat them up? Yeah. What kind oh. of question is that? <laughs> so really, you, 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 okay, you, wait. <laughs> I eat it cold. Uh, you wait. What? What? <laughs> You just open the can. Like as a kid, we never heated them up. We just opened the can and put it in. I'm concerned. (laughs) (laughs) I'm concerned. Uh, I do adult them up though. I add a lot of Parmesan cheese to them. And it makes good soup. Good soup. Good soup. Good soup. (laughs) Are you on good soup TikTok? Has Rod smoked weed on 420 this year? No, I don't smoke. That's a weird question. (laughs) 420. Yeah, cool. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of toxic masculinity. Uh, well, well, how so? No, I, just, I feel like that was such a big thing in high school. It was like, if you didn't smoke weed, you weren't cool. As a guy. As a guy? Yeah. At least in my high school. Interesting. Yeah. It was like a lot. That was like the big peer pressure thing. I feel like right? as many women as men are. Oh, really? I don't know. Weed smokers. I don't know. Nowadays. But yeah, back in, back in the day, I don't remember. Does Rod own any sex toys? No. Okay. I mean, sex like things that you need, but not toys. Things that you need. 
I mean, I've never owned for myself. No, not for myself. Yeah. Have owned for others. Yeah. yeah. We have sex toys in the household. I do, but not for. <laughs> I don't know why it's not even about me. We know. Yeah. Nick, Nick talks about. So Nick, so Nick owns sex yeah, toys. Yeah, but Nick also is like, so Natalie and I went to dinner last night and she wore vibrating underwear and it was a really fun time. That was true. Yeah. <laughs> We're a sex positive show. What? Has Rod ever had sex in a car? In a car, just in. in no, car. I'm too tall. How tall are you? Six five. It's not. It's just not practical. I get what you're saying. Uh, final question: Has Rod ever vandalized a property? Yeah. What did you do? When I was little, I carved my name into my parents' porch, and I got in big trouble for it. <laughs> so, I'm a rebel. Nice. <laughs> Nicely done, uh, Rod. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, this is great. Uh, nice you're uh, great, and it's uh, I really uh, appreciate the work you're doing, mm -hmm. and you're putting out great positive messages and, and making being human more relatable. Same to you, man. And uh, I really quite like that. Uh, please let uh, my audience know where they can follow you and mm -hmm. digest uh, more of your great content. Um, at Rod on TikTok, just me, dot Rod on Instagram, and then podcast coming soon. Wonderful. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. We've been talking a lot about this kind of stuff, so I'm excited. Thanks for listening, guys. Uh, don't forget to send in your questions at asknick at castmedia.com. Cast with a K for our Ask Nick episodes. <laughs> don't forget to subscribe, rate us, five-star reviews, all that fun stuff. We'll be back on Monday for Ask Nick episodes. And other than that, have a great week. Thank you.